Chart Chat is a member of the Teej.fm network from WTJU. To learn more, visit Teej.fm. That's T-E-E-J dot F-M. Hello, everybody. It's Monday, September 12th, 2019. I'm Caitlin Flay, and you are listening to Chart Chat, your weekly guide to the past week of pop singles hitting the U.S. and U.K. charts. Hi, everyone. It's me, your girl. And it is that time. The time that I alluded to in our last episode. It is Lana time! As always, with these very special bonus episodes, I try to bring in either like a mega fan or an expert as a guest. And today, I have to say, I've really outdone myself and brought you both of those things in the form of my little sister, Bridget Flay. We have had our sad girl bagels this morning and our Dunkin' Donuts iced coffees, and we are ready to go. Bridge, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here for the Lana episode. Yay. Okay, so this is kind of very long overdue. We've been doing this podcast for a long time now, and I've spoken a lot about how... I guess your pristine musical taste has influenced me and how I've learned a lot from you about how to find new music and things like that and how to curate playlists. So I'm sure listeners are curious to know a little bit about you and I'm going to ask you a couple of weird questions that I think I know the answers to already. (laughs) Okay. Um, So what is your first memory of Lana Del Rey? (laughs) We've definitely talked about this before. Um, but I think my first memory of Lana Del Rey was, it's kind of super embarrassing. So we used to watch American Idol, like as a family, when we were younger. So like you were, you were here for this. Um, and on one of the seasons, Lana, um, performed video games live and I'd never heard of her, um, before that and watching the music video seeing her perform, I was just like, yes, this is, this is it. This is the one. Um, and our mom was kind of like, what the hell? Like, who is this bitch? (laughs) And Kate and I were like, yes. So so that's my first memory. I remember that. That's hilarious. Um, okay. So tell listeners a little bit about what you do for a living. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of the black sheep of our family and do weird music things, which I love. Like, it's fine. But you are like completely my opposite, but we also are each other's like soulmates. Yeah. We're like super close. So tell people about what you do and then maybe tell them about what music you're into. Definitely. Um, so a little bit about me. I am an economist for the federal government, um, an agricultural economist. Uh, so essentially, I look at a lot of numbers all day and write things in the name of developing and maintaining markets abroad for U.S. ag products. So basically as far from a music-related job as there could be. (laughs) I listen to music all day, but that's as close as as I get to anything like what Caitlin does. Um, And I listen to a lot of different types of music, maybe even more far-reaching than Caitlin. Some grime that she sends me, some normal pop, you know, top 40 chart stuff, um, country, a little bit of everything. Um, yeah. Okay, so give listeners your top 
commuting songs right now. Oh my god. I'm so curious. <laughs> okay, let me pull up my Spotify actually. This is legit. This is real. <laughs> um, this is live, everyone. <laughs> okay, so my first um top commuting song right now on my my playlist is Feeling Funny by Rubber Jaw. It's a little bit different. I'd never heard of this band before. I think I got it off a uh some kind of radio playlist on Spotify. Um I'd never heard of them, but I love this song, Feeling Funny. Um, I'm into litany recently. I know this music isn't new, but Bedroom and I said I'm really into what else? Get Off by Zuzu. It's a new song oh, by Zuzu. I love yeah. Zuzu. And also, Caitlin and I laugh about this a lot. Subaru Crosscheck by Hobo Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Just gets you in the mood to go to work. Um, and also, I listen to some podcasts. I know Caitlin and I both listen to Schnitt Talk, a Barstool Sports podcast. And they actually recently did an episode about Taylor Swift's new album, Lover, mm-hmm. which is where we kind of got the inspiration to do this episode about Norman fucking Rockwell. Um, we're not Taylor Swift fans at all, either of us, thank God. Um, but hopefully we can kind of redo that episode in Lana Del Rey form. Yes, I love it. So Bridget kind of established the first point that like Lana Del Rey's new album is objectively better <laughs> Taylor Swift's. Um, we actually, before we started recording, we had a moment where we were just yelling because I said... <laughs> the song title London Boy <laughs> and Bridget just started screaming because it was so cringy oh anyway my God, it's so bad if you love Taylor Swift's music we're totally accepting of that just not our jam like I said sad girls we got this on lockdown so the first little game we want to play just to kind of ease ourselves into this episode is to rank Lana Del Rey's albums and we have done this separately and secretly and I have a sneaking suspicion that our lists might be the same we have also thrown in a couple of EPs on there so we have a total do you have seven I think you have seven (laughs) double check yeah no I have seven okay okay so we have the same ones we're good okay so bridge let's start at the bottom let's hear your number seven lana del rey album okay my number seven will actually be lana del rey it was her first album i believe it just didn't hit it for me like obviously it's it's you have to have somewhere to begin um somewhere to start your career she's obviously come a long way but that one just didn't hit it for me yeah and if you're looking for that one it's not on spotify and those were the days she actually spelled her last name lana del r-a-y instead of r-e-y so if you're looking for it there you go that's actually also my number seven as well (laughs) yeah her voice just was not as developed as it is now Mm -hmm. i call those her kind of like not screaming days but it was just very I don't know. It's just a little bit too much. Yeah. Too much. Different for me. kind of sad girl. Yeah. Okay. Number six. Number six is honeymoon for me. I don't know. Um, oh. Yeah. This is where we diverge. Honeymoon just didn't vibe with me very much. I like appreciate it as an album. I'll still listen to it. We still listen to it in the car all the time. But um, compared to her others, I just think she's done a lot better. Not that honeymoon's bad, but yeah. mm. I think for similar reasons, why I put Lana Del Rey seventh. Number six is Paradise for me. That's an EP. Yeah. Just still not as developed, not as instrumentally interesting for me. So Mm. that is my number six. Okay. Number five. Number five um, for me is Lust for Life. Um, Same. Oh, really? Nice. (laughs) Uh, Finally, something we agree on. Um, (laughs) 
It's, again, it's good. It's just not um, as good as the the ones we'll talk about in a minute. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Lust for Life, number five for me as well. I think some of those the songs on there were just a little bit too unbelievably happy for me yeah. and then the features were oh also something that I, I like didn't the love like with ASAP Rocky oh my god I couldn't <laughs> like it's just weird for me it's like good you did this you experimented but it just wasn't for me yeah okay number four ultraviolence is my oh, number four. Oh, you put the OG. Okay, yeah. my number four is Born to Die, oh actually. Gosh. I know. Okay. Just, I was looking at it overall. This hurts my soul. It actually hurts to rank these. Yeah. I'm so sorry. No, ex- yeah. Um, okay, number three. Number three was Paradise for me. I just oh. think Paradise was great. Yeah. As an EP, most of the songs, you know, bangers for me. Yeah. So. It was more poppy, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, my number three is actually Honeymoon because I really liked the experimental. Like, that's kind of when she first started going longer form. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then using also a lot of synths and stuff. And I'm just a huge fan. So, mm-hmm. yes. No, I get it. Two. Two and one were really hard for me. I'm so excited. Um, for two, I have on my my paper I feel like I don't know this like solidifies it in a way but I'm still changing my mind I have Norman fucking Rockwell as number two but damn I'm yeah Born (laughs) to Die and Norman fucking Rockwell are both like tied for number one for me I just think they're both great albums oh that's so good okay so my first the way I first loved Lana Del Rey was ultraviolence Mm -hmm. that's my number two okay and I would agree in that like it's it's almost tied for number one for me with Norman fucking Rockwell, but I actually put Norman fucking Rockwell as my number one. Mm -hmm. And I just, I hope you all enjoyed our ranking because it still like kind of makes me feel weird to do it. I know. I feel like I'm cheating on like some of my favorite albums. Like, (laughs) I'm sorry. I did this to you. Um, But no, so I guess let's talk about our overall impressions of Norman fucking Rockwell because this was kind of the release of my summer. Like I was Mm -hmm. kind of building up towards this all summer. So I, before, like I said, I think it combines the best of the best of Lust for Life and Honeymoon without that burden of the random features like A$AP Rocky's not on there. <laughs> you can just listen to, yeah, that all the way through. And yeah, it's, it's different. But I feel like Norman, um, this album, you can, it's more like a, as cliche as it sounds, like a journey through the album. It's still like typical Lana Del Rey with the, like the nostalgia, the Americana kind of vibes, but I don't know. It tells a tells a better story, I think. I I think I agree. And I a lot of people who asked me to make this episode, I think their thought was like, talk about how she's going back to her roots and all that stuff. And she definitely is in a way. I think instrumentally too, she's mm-hmm. kind of like she's found a really solid home um, as opposed to the Ann Powers article listeners might have read okay we're not going to talk about that though we're not going to talk about it um no bad vibes so lana has gone back to her roots but she has grown so much as a lyricist oh my goodness that's just what i was gonna say the uh, every song in this album really no i agree and i would say too if we're talking just about overall impressions the the instrumentation just isn't ever heavy it's not as sad girl and as kind of like it's never thrown in your face 
in instrumentally yes but the sad girl is like in the lyrics just not like oh my god i'm gonna sit in my room and cry to this song it's like really deep dark some of the songs yeah lyrically yes and as you might have also just a psa discovered by now this is going to be an explicit episode we just didn't want to have to dance around all of the edits and all of the lyrics and all of that stuff titles yes so we do apologize if we offend but this is the nature of the beast in this bonus episode (laughs) so get used to it okay so now our plan is to go song by song talk to you a little bit about what we like what we don't like and what we hear so we're gonna start go in order of the album with the title track, Norman fucking Rockwell. Let's roll. track i'm just gonna straight up say that this is my favorite song on the whole album i think it's so impressive it opened like it has an overture that's so freaking cool it also reminded me a little bit of the super old animated snow white like the one when we were little yeah definitely no i would agree with that i loved the intro to this song it kind of reminded me of like a revisited like happy, mellow, born to die intro where born to die is like kind of sad and nostalgic. This is like, she's really like come into her own. And I like that vibe across albums. Yeah, I I agree. I would agree with that. And just to kind of go off on my like crap that I always do (laughs) in normal episodes. So this is so piano heavy and I love it so much. And in the verses, you just have those bluesy kind of little slides. And it just, every time I hear it, I'm just like crippled. Like I stop whatever I'm doing and I'm like, oh my gosh, I <laughs> so love this good. so much. So then 
we talked a little bit about the one-liners. So this one is kind of full of them. Mm-hmm. Goddamn man-child, you fucked me so good that I almost said I love you. You're fun and you're wild, but you don't know half of the shit that you put me through. I feel like that's dating in the 21st century in a nutshell. And it's just, she just breezes through everything. Mm-hmm. And that triplet rhythm when she says, but you don't know the half of the shit that you put me through is just, it's like breathtaking. She just lilts through it. It's, ugh, ugh. I'm gushing. Okay, I'm not going to do this for every song, I promise. Just so you know, this is like the only one. And then you have the beat switch for the chorus. And this actually happens, as you listen through the clips that we're going to present to you, this happens so many times. It almost sounds like this song could be two different songs, mm-hmm. right? And she just kind of pushes them together in the perfect way. And the start of the second verse, when it goes back to the kind of bluesy piano, goddamn man child, you act like a kid even though you stand six <laughs> foot two. Oh, oh my God. When this album came <laughs> out and I was like laying in my bed upon its release and just clicked it and heard that, I was like, literally like with that lyric alone lana described every relationship i've ever had (laughs) but so good it's just and she just kind of like waltzes through it the lyrics are so airy the song is so kind of light it's it's great yeah and it's almost like she does she doesn't care she's like Mm. this is the way it is this is the way you are exactly okay and then she says why wait for the best when i can have you that's so embarrassing like you're never gonna be the best mm-hmm. anyway but I, men never mind. men yep. <laughs> um could be a so whole yeah. different episode so, <laughs> so this is my favorite on the album it's fantastic shall we move on bridget we shall excellent mariner's apartment complex you took my sadness out of context at the Mariner's apartment complex I ain't no candle in the wind I'm the board, the lightning, the thunder Kind of girl who's gonna make you wonder Who you are and who you've been And who I've been is with you on these beaches Your Venice bitch, your diehard, your weakness Maybe I could save you from your sins So kiss the sky and whisper to Jesus My, my, my you found this, you need this Take a deep breath, baby, let me in You lose your way, just take my hand You're lost at sea, then I'll command your boat to me Mariner's Apartment Complex. That one was a single. One of the first released ones, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long time ago. And this one kind of has a funny backstory that made me laugh really hard because, like, Lana Del Rey is all about this sad girl shit. And I love her for that. But she apparently was walking outside of whoever she was dating at the time. 
outside of an apartment complex. And the guy basically opened up to her and said, I feel like we get together or like we vibe because we're both sad about the same things. And she was like, hold on. No, I'm actually (laughs) happy in this relationship. So she wrote this song about that experience. And I just thought it was the funniest, most not Lana Del Rey thing to happen. Mm -hmm. And it makes me like the song a little bit more knowing that. Um, a positive vibe. It's actually not one of my super favorites on the album, but when that pre-chorus hits, like Bridget said mosh pit (laughs) (laughs) when we were listening. Um, it's, it, it does, it moves. I like it, but again, like not my favorite. Yeah. I think I like this song a little bit more than you do. Um, like we were talking about earlier, there's just some really relatable lines in here. Like, I fucked up, I know that, but Jesus, can a girl just do the best she can? Like, oh my God, preach. <laughs> um, that's me, everyone in my life, every day. Like, <laughs> like leave me alone. Like, I'm doing that tattoo. Forehead <laughs> tattoo. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's a it's a solidly good song. Um, like you said, it was when it was released as a single. I thought the album would end up differently. So I think it works within within the album. Um, for Better. sure, makes more sense. Yeah, love it. Okay. Venice Bitch, number three. Fear fun, fear love. Fresh out of fucks forever. Trying to be stronger for you. Ice cream, ice queen. I dream in jeans and leather. Live stream, I'm sweet for you. I miss you on my lips It's me, a little Venice bitch On the stoop with the neighborhood kids Calling out bang, bang, kiss, kiss You're in the yard, I light the fire And as the summer fades away Nothing gold can stay You write, I tour, we make it work You're beautiful and I'm insane literally like play the full 10 minutes so good <laughs> that could just be honestly the my favorite song in the album <laughs> yes it could thank you for your suggestion <laughs> do it it's this one is a jam this one is a sad girl jam oh. it is 10 minutes long her voice is so just delicate and faint it, everything about this track is mixed beautifully and then you have these like rotating synth solos. It almost reminds me of the band Wilco and the song Shot in the Arm. And at the end of that track, it just kind of all gets crazy and blah, blah, blah. And I love Wilco, like amazing. Covered some of their songs in college. But this one just kind of devolves into these epic almost bad synth solos like they're almost bad but they're so bad that they're good mm-hmm. can i play one should yeah. i play one yeah. okay mm-hmm. 
So basically, my last thought on this is that if you don't like that Sin Solo, we can't be friends. Anyway, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) No, exactly. Like, Venice Bitch is it for me. This song is quintessential Lana Del Rey, like Caitlin said. Perfect sad girl song. Um, And it's just great. Um, The little snapshots of, like, life through the lyrics makes it so nostalgic and, like, desperate in a way that really like only Lana can pull off, especially in the chorus. Mm. Um, And the fact that she released an almost 10 minute song as a single is also pretty badass, I think. All right, number four, Fuck It, I Love You. I like to see everything in neon Drink lime green, stay up till dawn Maybe the way that I'm living is killing me This one kind of took a little while to grow on me, I'm not going to lie. And this was one of the later released singles. I think this was released the week of mm-hmm. the album's release. With the greatest. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it actually reminds me of her song Pretty When You Cry with the beginning, like that guitar kind of heavy solo-y thing. And then the 16th notes in the verses are kind of what tipped me towards loving this. That part, like so good. And then in the chorus, you kind of have this Lord Huron vibe, I want to say. It's kind of indie western with that, the beat, like the percussion kind of pushes it along. And But it's also somehow like psychedelic. I don't know. And Lord Huron for that is like encapsulates all of those things for me. But Bridge, what do you think about this one? I, um... I would agree with you. I didn't like it when it was first released and it made me like really sad, like thinking about the album coming out if it was all like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did grow on me. Now, like when she <laughs> when she says dream a little dream of me, oh my God, Caitlin and I like rage. Like <laughs> we love this song. Um, but in the beginning, I, I really didn't like it. Um, but you know, now the chorus bangs pretty hard, but the rest of the song is really dark. Um, you know, she mentions like killing and shooting up and other shit like that, like a bunch of times throughout the song, um, but then brings it back to that light little, you know, dream a little dream of me, which is very Lana Del Rey, but it's a solid song. I like it. Yeah, it's almost bipolar. Yeah. And I think a lot of people uh, were confused about that one, mm-hmm. but then the rest of the album kind of kind of drives away a little bit from I the darkness. I think so. I think so. I just hate... I mean, yeah. 
Okay. We'll cut this out. But, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that she doesn't say like I love you. She says I love you, and I don't like that at all. <laughs> it, I don't. Like I know when I first heard it as a single, I hated it. I yeah. was like, "What the hell? Yeah. Say the word." <laughs> anyway, okay. Yeah, I guess it's kind of hard to say the V, like sing the V yeah, sound. B V sounds like yeah. it. Objectively difficult to sing that, but I love you. I love you. I love you. So weird. (laughs) No, agreed. Okay, Uh, next one, number five. This is the cover of the summer. Doing time. Once again, that was doing time, obviously. So people have legitimately lost their freaking minds over this cover. (laughs) And obviously it's a sublime cover. Lana Del Rey did not write that song. So alt-rock radio stations have been playing it like crazy, especially in the DMV. And I am of the opinion, along with listener of the podcast, Kara, thank you for mentioning this to me. It's really well done. Like, it is a good summer jam. I really like the vibraphone, uh, kind of the long, held-out vibraphone chords. Fantastic. And then I also don't mind how forward in the mix the drums are. The drums are really in your face. They're almost competing with Lana's voice, but I, I, for some reason, enjoy that. I often don't, which surprises me haven't really put my finger on that one but anyway the music video is also super cool have you seen it bridge Mm -hmm. yeah it's cool so lana del rey is is like herself she is not a monster but she is like godzilla sized (laughs) and then she's kind of like walking around la she shakes some people up in a car i don't know it's like it's kind of funny and playful it was good i like it I would agree. I think it's a good summer song. I don't hate it, but it's literally my least favorite song in the album, I think. Um, Mm. It just doesn't do it for me. I don't love Sublime. Um, I think it's very well done, as you said, but it just doesn't do it for me. And that's all I'll say. It's not the one. It's not the one. (laughs) All right, let's move on to Love Song, number six. Dream a dream, here's a scene, touch me anywhere, cause I'm your baby. Grab my waist, don't waste any part I believe that you see me for who I am So I spill my clothes on the floor of your new car Is it safe, is it safe to just be who we are? Is it safe, is it safe to just be who we are? Lying on your chest, in my body dress, I'm a fucking mess, but I... Oh, thanks for the highlight. 
it screw ed sheeran and all the people that pick his songs for wedding song this is gonna be my wedding song (laughs) oh my goodness um i love this song um it's very typical lana del rey for me with you know the the fast cars being in love blah 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 um with lyrics like you know that i'd die just to make you proud you know, be my once in a lifetime, stuff like that. Um, but I really, really like it. It's true to Lana without being the same song over and over again. Um, so I, I really like this one. Yeah, it, it's definitely a solid mid-album track. I think it was also well-placed after the cover. Definitely. Yeah, it kind of just reorients you in a way. And with that, we pivot to number seven, Cinnamon Girl. admittedly also took me a little longer to warm up to but I just couldn't let go of the lyric there's things I want to say to you but I'll just let you live mm-hmm. uh, like That's, that one just yeah. encapsulates my like relationships with a lot of people actually mm-hmm. not just like romantic relationships like I often bottle things up and I think about things and I'm like I really wish I freaking said this to you like five years ago (laughs) and I still yeah yeah, you can tell me now (laughs) yeah but like I'm just gonna let people live I'm gonna let people live their lives and I'm gonna move forward and that one again like there were tipping points in these songs for me and they're mostly lyric based and that was what pushed me over the edge to like this one yeah I um I agree I like this song I didn't initially I've warmed up a little bit but it's still not one of my favorites um and like Caitlin said it's because of a lyric the way (laughs) the way it opens just with like uh, what does she say the lyric I don't I don't know if you're gonna play this part of the song but um like having cinnamon in my teeth like (laughs) I fucking hate that (laughs) like like having something in my teeth and like someone not telling me is my biggest it's not a fear it's just like 
you know, like, ew, having cinnamon in my teeth, cool. Like, not something I want to think about. Anyway. Okay. No, and when I saw the word cinnamon, literally, I was like, oh, remember the cinnamon challenge? <laughs> so then, and then for what the song is, like, it's a serious <laughs> song. And we Can you just imagine someone, like, choking on cinnamon? Like, cinnamon <laughs> yeah, challenge. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm losing it. Okay. Number eight, uh, this song is called How to Disappear. This is how to disappear. This is how to disappear. Joe met me down at the train. Cuts on his face cause he fought too hard And now I'm easing over his head But I love that man like nobody can He moves mountains and pounds them to ground again Alright, this one... I'm not gonna lie, like it's a little boring for me. The instrumentation is definitely different compared to a lot of songs on this album though. It's almost like a like a jazz band but like a synthesized jazz band that's accompanying or like not real people. Robots. One thing, one of my pet peeves is when tambourines sound like jingle bells. And in <laughs> this, there's just a tung, 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 like eighth notes kind of keeping a beat. And then you can't really tell if they're jingle bells or a tambourine. It's definitely a tambourine. Maybe but mm, that would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes me hate it more. Um, and then I'm just going to say this. It almost sounds like it it belongs on Ultraviolence. Like, it yeah. belongs in one of her earlier career ones. Mm-hmm. And then this is kind of a block. If we're thinking about the past three songs we've listened to, How to Disappear, Cinnamon Girl, and Love Song, all three of those sound like, more like, I should say, they belong in Lana Del Rey's past rather than kind of where I, I see this album going overall. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um this is probably one of my least favorite um, songs on the album, along with Doing Time. Um, that's all I really want to say. It just, I see where she wanted to go with it, with the story she wanted to tell, but it doesn't hit it for me. Yeah, the one that I know does hit it for you. Oh my God. California, number nine. Cars. I shouldn't have done it, but I read it in your letter. You said to a friend that you wish you were doing better I wanted to reach out but I never said a thing I shouldn't have done it but I read it in your letter You said to a friend that you wish you were doing better I wanted to call you but I didn't say a thing Pick you up 
oh, this one, the piano in this is heartbreaking for me. I just, and going back to that previous lyric in Cinnamon Girl, there's things I want to say to you, but I'll just let you live. There's this thread that goes all the way down to California with the lyric, I wanted to call you, but I didn't say a thing. And conceptually, I think this song really shines on the album and it is so Lana Del Rey. And I don't know, I just, I like this concept of, you having so much love for a person and then leaving them alone but still having I don't know if this is the right word or the word I want to use but the word that comes to mind is strength like having Mm -hmm. that strength to move on but keep loving them and then like throw them a freaking party and drop everything (laughs) if they come back to you like what I really I love that concept it's kind of beyond me I don't know if I could ever achieve that I don't know if Lana Del Rey can either Mm -hmm. but I think that's also why I like this track it's like it's a fantasy it's a fantasy definitely I love this song um straight away first time I heard it loved it it's right up there with Venice Bitch for me when I listen to this I think about old money and ultraviolence um Mm. and just like her development as an artist like in old money she was like oh my gosh just you know if you send for me I'll come just say the word and I'll be there but in California she's like nah like come back to me yeah like I'm Um, here I'm here like I'm doing what I'm doing yeah Yeah. exactly like I'm still here if you're down but but you need to come back to me um and there's some desperation in there she's literally you know begging for her man who is abroad (laughs) you know somewhere wherever to come back to America um but mixed with some casual stuff like oh yeah just you know hit me up you know catch you on the flip side I think that's really interesting lyrically I think I love it because it's it's typical Lana with, you know, her American romance that she wants so bad, but it's a little non-traditional. She's shaking it up a little bit. Um, so I'm a big fan. Yeah, goody. Okay, number 10, the next best American record. My baby used to date Something that I never knew I was 
this song is tied for my favorite song on the album with the mm-hmm. title track. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it's another one of those split songs, which I really like. So the choruses just kind of open up. It sounds like there's a lot of space. There's some more echo on the vocals and then the instrumentation just gets way bigger. And then she just dials it back for the verses. And this might be my favorite hook of the entire album when she sings whatever's on tonight I just want to party with you that has been for this 25th year of my life like what I've lived (laughs) no definitely (laughs) I just feel that on a level that maybe some people don't and they're like oh my gosh why do you like that lyric it's superficial like whatever no like I I've lived that I felt that I just like, I want to have fun with my life. Yeah, exactly. And I like that she did this because so many of her songs are, are very deep um, and yearning. And it's almost, it's not, it, it's a lot to listen to it, you know, if it's like it hits you deep. But um, mm. it's a little nostalgic, but like she mixes fun lyrics like that. Um, you know, whatever's on tonight, I just want to party with you with like, you make me feel like there's something I never knew I wanted. But mm-hmm. it's a little more upbeat. It's a little more like focusing on the good parts of a relationship. Um, rather than um, the deep kind of yearning sad parts. Um, All around, I think it's a great song. Um, And I like that she says cool as heck. Heckin'. (laughs) I think think it's a good good one. This is a great song. Okay, uh, next is another single. This one is The Greatest. Those nights were on fire. We couldn't get higher. We didn't know that we had it all. But nobody wants to before the I don't know if this is what you're thinking, but now you will not be able to stop thinking it. (laughs) This one is without a doubt a Sam Smith copycat. It's definitely I'm not the only one. I can hear it. It's almost to the chords too, which is bad. And just as a gentle reminder, there was an issue on Lana's last album with copycatting Radiohead Mm -hmm. on the song Get Free. Um... Radiohead claimed that it sounded like their song Creep, which it most definitely did. And there was kind of a weird lawsuit, and I think everything's fine now, but uh, don't want to dwell on the negative. But I don't know. For what it's worth, I do really like the song, but I only sing Sam Smith's lyrics over it. Like, you say I'm crazy. That part in the chorus where she goes, "Ah," like, you can do it exactly the same way i'm waiting for tanner to make a mashup of it it's coming people it's coming um yeah so it's just it's kind of one of those ones where i i will listen but i'm also like i it's like that emoji where its eyes are really wide and you can see all its teeth (laughs) (laughs) it's a little cringy yeah um i'm not a huge fan i can't tell if it's because you made the sam smith um, connection and I hate Sam Smith oh like God. cannot stand any of his songs anything <laughs> about him um, but even when it was released as a single 
I didn't have high hopes for the album. I was kind of like, okay, this is interesting. Yeah. But um, it doesn't fit, I think, um, as well as other songs do in the album. But but it's okay. You know, it breaks up some some other songs, especially the one the one that's coming next, you know. Yeah. Okay. And the next one, number 12, we're nearing the end. Sad. This one's called Bartender. Bartender. So I would classify this one as one of the weirder songs on the album. I think when the piano picks up before the chorus, it kind of reminds me of the Beauty and the Beast soundtrack, like the mm. rose theme when you see the petals dropping and it goes, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, Very oh my God. Yeah. Or maybe even a music box or something like that. Like it's yeah. very circular this song feels and I I think that is due in part a lot to the the chord structure and how the broken chords on the piano are played but it's just very ballerina-y it is yeah um I I mean it's a weird association but I I like yeah no but I I would agree with that it's like I get the music box vibe too, um, which is funny because, like you said, music boxes are like for little kids about ballet or ballerinas or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like her serenading a bartender. Yeah. Um, but th- I like this song. The the verses are so different from the chorus. It's it's a different kind of song, like you said. But um, but I I think it's solid. Um, I like it. Yeah. What do you think about the stuttering? Like, just pick a different word. Serenade someone Literally, else. <laughs> yeah. It just it makes me laugh. Okay. I can't imagine it being performed live. I feel like I would just laugh. But anyway. No, I feel like I wouldn't. I feel like I would be not like. Have you seen that video of the girl like crying, but she's doing dance moves? <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. you're into it if you yeah. see it. And you do are it. into but it. If but if it's funny, like trying to sing along to it, it's like. Okay you feel like an idiot no you feel like an idiot when you're alone doing it like in your car <laughs> or like on the metro like yeah. oh this on is the a metro, little weird yeah, I, sing out yeah. the <laughs> I do not do that okay we're gonna move on to number 13 this song is called happiness is a butterfly do you want me or do you not i heard one thing now i'm hearing another Dropped a pin to my parking spot The bar was hot, it's 2am, it feels like summer 
This one is another one of my favorites. I mean, obviously, piano heavy, all this stuff. Bridget and I also just, when this song started playing, we just kind of zoned out and just stared out a window (laughs) and had to recover for a little while because this song just hits you with all the things that you wish you could say to people. Like It's a lot of feelings. Yeah. A lot of feelings in this song. Do you like do you want me or not? That's how the song opens and you just kind of go you wilt <laughs> a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's so like light again. Yeah, exactly. Starting with do you want me or do you not? She just cuts right to the chase opening line. Um that really frames the song really well, I think. Um yeah, this is full of those one-liners again that yeah. we were talking about earlier. And I think for the people that go after Lana Del Rey for being I don't know, like, anti-feminist or Mm. whatever. Like, she's not really hiding anymore, but in, I I don't know, in violence or as much as she did. Like, just if you listen to all of ultraviolence, like, Mm. I don't know, lyrics like, he hit me and it felt like a kiss. Like, we're not getting that in this album. Mm -hmm. We're getting, do you want me or not? Mm -hmm. Like, okay like I I feel like she's matured a lot and I don't know I relate I relate to a lot of the lyrics in this song and then the serial killer part comes what do what do we what do we feel about that I I think it fits in the song um and and like you said it's she's matured a lot but she's still there's still vibes of her old kind of self um, thrown in there with that serial killer reference. Yeah, like um, she's not gone. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's funny as crap, especially oh, like funny. in today's day and age of like maybe she's dating being... apps. Like, oh, are they a serial killer? Probably. Yeah. Do I and... want free food? Also, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, no, I think I think it fits in the song well. Um, and when she says dropped a pin to my parking spot it always makes me laugh because caitlin does that to me all the time she's just like i'm here outside you know my apartment (laughs) so anyway it's a good song all around oh my gosh bridge this is the last one oh my god we made it here we go hope is is the most caitlin and i have agreed on anything in our entire lives so this is like a surreal moment bridget while we were listening to the last song she's like wow we're ruining your podcast (laughs) (laughs) i'm so sorry my takes are not hot um no they are so hot no okay hope is a dangerous thing last song of the album let's go 
I was reading some errands and I got to thinking that I thought Maybe I'd get less stressed if I was tested less like all of these debutantes Smiling for miles in pink dresses and high heels and white yachts But I'm not Baby, I'm not No, I'm not That I'm not I've been tearing around in my fucking nightgown 24-7 Sylvia Platt Writing in blood on my walls Cause the ink in my pen don't work in my notepad don't ask if I'm happy, you know that I'm not But at best I can say I'm not sad Cause hope is a dangerous thing So that one was hope is a dangerous thing for a woman like me to have But I have it, Bridget yelled at me Because she's like, that's all that's, 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 that's. <laughs> She did, forgot, she was like, half the words <laughs> <laughs> so that's the full title of the song. So Lana did a live Instagram video a couple days ago, and by the time of this recording, it will be last week. And she was in the studio talking to Jack Antonoff, who helped her with this album, about how this song in particular doesn't really fit on the album. And... I feel I feel like it does. Definitely. I, yeah, like they're selling it a little bit short. But maybe they meant it or had a different context for it that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. And I might go so far to say that maybe it's a little bit too brooding. And I don't know. There's a lack of... There's a lack of confidence in this one despite the lyrics of it. Hope is a dangerous thing for a woman like me to have, but I have it. But that's, does she need confidence in every single song? Like, like no. I think that's maybe the reason a lot of people think she's like anti-feminist. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not really. I, I think it's a great album ender. It is a little brooding, but at the end of the day, it's positive. Like she's hopeful. Mm-hmm. All this shit has happened to her. Um, we've seen her, you know, grow from album to album, um, but she still has hope that she's going to find a... Not shitty dude one day, just like all of us. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Sorry, that was so funny. <laughs> Thank you, Bridget. No, so... I would also say at the end of this one that the out-of-tune piano is really cool. Like, we've had some kind of epic piano ballads on this album overall, and just to end this with just a kind of wonky, out-of-tune, acoustic piano. And then she kind of gets in her higher register. Mm-hmm. She just, like, that reminds me a lot of her past. It reminds me a lot mm. of that the Lana Del Rey album days, the ultra-violence days, mm. you know. And I kind of I kind of liked it. It made me very nostalgic. It makes me want, like, to listen to more yes. new songs. Exactly. Lana. Which I, I like having Norman fucking Rockwell 
and um, hope is a dangerous thing for a woman like me to have that I have it. As the bookends of the album, I, I think it's, I, I think that they're good starting and ending songs because it leaves us wanting more. And what we were talking about earlier, she has a new album that's set to come out in 2020, mm. um, which makes me wonder what that vibe is going to be. If it's going to be kind of more going off of this, this song we just heard, that vibe kind of, or... Right, because most likely she's written the songs at the same time. Mm-hmm. And she's just kind of refining them, working on them. Exactly. I would also like listeners to keep out for her book of poetry that's supposed to be coming oh, out soon. Oh my goodness. Allegedly, she is selling them for a dollar. And I think she might only be selling them at small kind of family-owned bookshops in the San Francisco, LA area. She's put a lot of tweets out and Instagram posts out about like, hey, DM me if you want me to bring you a couple boxes of books, blah, blah, blah. And I love that. (laughs) Well, it's nice, but also like there's so many people that are going to want copies that, oh, who gets them for a dollar and then sells them for like so much more anyway yeah. makes me mad okay last question for you bridge yes we're going off script here a little oh, bit God. I'm so scared. Uh, <laughs> so a lot of people are surprised when i say i like lana del rey okay what do you have to say to listeners who don't really like her music or maybe haven't really heard of her before like why should people listen to her music in your opinion that's a tough question. Um, I feel like for me, and, and probably you, it, it wasn't, this sounds so cliche, but it wasn't like, oh, I should listen to Lana Del Rey. It was some of her, her music kind of speaks to you. It doesn't, I don't think it's for everyone. I know some girls that really kind of can't stand the, the whole sad girl thing. Mm. Um, but, but I think her personality comes out in a lot of songs and and it's very raw I think mm-hmm. um and today's day and age you talk a lot I mean chart chat is about you know pop charts and and everything right. um a lot of people don't want to feel these feelings um they just want a song about you know drinking and going out and having fun and, right. and whatever and and Lana isn't you know she has a lot of those themes um which we heard in in this album um but but it's also a little bit more and it's not for everyone. It's not everyone's cup of tea. We rank the albums. I mean, you won't see me listening to like Honeymoon every day. But, right, um, right. So, um, yeah, if it's for you, it's for you. I feel like that was a shitty answer. No, that was a perfect answer because that's honestly like what this podcast was founded upon was that mm. everyone's musical taste is respected. Everyone exactly. has a different musical like taste. Like when we, Caitlin and my, our texts throughout the week, it's so funny because it's like, oh my God, this new country song came out. And also like, oh, did you hear H's new song? Like <laughs> yeah. it's, it's so wildly different. Our, you know, the, the range of music that we like and, you know, everyone likes different things and that's all okay art is art art is art i love that okay we're gonna stop it there i have a casey musgraves concert to go to tonight she didn't buy me a ticket it's fine whatever (laughs) so i would like to thank you all so much for listening to this bonus episode of chart chat and you can find a spotify playlist in the show notes that has lana's new album along with my commuting picks Um, And if you have any questions, feedback, corrections, or hot takes on this episode, you can get in touch with us via email at chartchatcast at gmail.com. 
Um, also, if you're interested in following us on social media, us, I say, as if I'm part of Chart Chat, um, <laughs> you can find Chart Chat on Twitter and Instagram at Chart Chat Cast. Um, thank you so much to Coronation Media for our cover art and intro theme. And thank you to Teej.fm for having us on the network. To learn more, visit Teej.fm. That's T-E-E-J dot F-M. Thank you so much again for listening to our bonus sister episode. I'm Caitlin Flay. And I'm Bridget Flay. And we will catch you next week. Well, maybe not me, but... a synthesizer <laughs> oh wow wow so it's just bridget yeah so it's- oh, wow. <laughs> i can't